0: Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generation with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're having an important conversation that really comes from a current event, something that's happening as we're sort of um, you know, going about our daily business here at Growing Leaders, we are also, you and I and several other people uh, inside of the four walls of our, our company here, we're, we're watching a Supreme Court case with some really interesting implications that we wanna talk
1: about today. Yeah, it involves a student, that's why we're interested. But I think we put our finger on a larger issue yes. that might be worth talking about. Yeah. So the Supreme Court seems close to issuing a ruling uh, in a case uh, a case of a student who was kicked off her high school cheerleading team due to an obscene Snapchat post. So some of you remember, it's it's Brandy Levy, uh, high school sophomore, posted a message where she vents on social media. Uh, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything. And obviously she's venting. Little emotion, <laughs> yeah, little there, emotion yeah. there. She's venting on social media. Um, and you, you likely, listeners, heard about this case at some point in the journey so far. So the dispute in the courtroom is, is clear. Uh, is this her free speech right, or should Brandy be penalized for such language outside of school, which goes against the cheerleading team rules? And I think there are arguments on both sides. Uh, and then further, is a social media post subject to the same rules as language used on her campus? Yeah. That's, that's what the attorneys are arguing. So here's what makes this issue tricky, at least in my mind. Brandy Levy's attorney argued that the precedent, the Supreme Court uh, case Tinker and versus Des Moines, should not apply when a student is off campus. Otherwise, he said, students would be forced to, quote, carry the schoolhouse on their backs everywhere they go, end mm. quote. Uh, since she wasn't on school property, there should be no penalty. But the school's attorney, however stated that the ubiquity of internet makes the time and place of a student's speech irrelevant and believe the student's Snapchat disrupted the school environment. Interesting. You can see that side too. Yeah. Yeah. So far, the justices don't believe either side has made a convincing argument in their case. But we think, Andrew, there might be a whole different case to be Absolutely. made.
0: Absolutely. If you look at the facts of this, and by the way, neither of us are pretending to be lawyers yeah, right that's now. Right. Yeah, uh, Instead, we want to talk about what we talk about, which is leadership and life skills. When you look at the case, I can't help but wonder, and I know this is a question both you and I are asking, Tim, are we having the wrong conversation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are we having the wrong argument? Uh, while I understand the litigation involved regarding the geographical location, Shouldn't we be more concerned about Brandy and every student for that sake, uh, their own digital citizenship, regardless of where they are, right? Um, Even though she's not carrying the schoolhouse on her back, Mm -hmm. um, she is still carrying her own personal moral and ethical value system on her back, or at least she should be wherever she goes. And that feels like the wider question is, do students feel any responsibility for what they say and how they conduct themselves
1: in the digital space. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So folks, you probably have heard the term digital citizenship. It's a term that we're hearing more and more of these days because of social media. Yeah. Uh, And it kind of goes back to, well, if I'm on Twitter or I'm on Snapchat or Instagram, I can get by with saying things that I would never say maybe to someone face to face. But Andrew, this may not be fair, but it just came to me. So this is two minutes hot off the press. (laughs) Would it not be like a parent saying to their child, or rather a child saying to their parent, well, I can cuss when I'm in my bedroom, but maybe not in the kitchen where you know, no no maybe not, you know. Yeah. But but where we are should have little to do with are we building great young adults when they graduate from the school. Absolutely. And I think presenting
0: to our students the option to see their life yeah. uh, and their conduct as in having different rules in different categories, I think sets them up for failure, right? Because they're constantly looking for, is this a place where I can get away with this or not get away with this? Rather than asking the more fundamental question, which is what kind of person am I going to be in all circumstances, which is obviously the more important question. But um, you've talked about several several times over the course of our time together, you spent 20 years with a guy yeah. named John Maxwell, who sort of touched on this issue uh, years ago when he was asked to write a book. Will you talk about that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so
1: during my years serving on John C. Maxwell's team, Dr. Maxwell was asked by his publisher to do a book on business ethics. Mm-hmm. And it was right at the heels of the Enron, Tyco, WorldCom... The the corporate scandals that were happening in 2001, 2002. Yeah. Um, I love John Maxwell's response. In fact, John and I talked about this even recently, just in Reminiscent. Uh, His response to the request was, I can't write a book on business ethics. We're either ethical wherever we go or we're not. Yes. And so he ended up writing a book and titling it, There Is No Such Thing as Business Ethics. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all about living by your values wherever you go. And I thought that was brilliant. The reason I did is because John stepped back and got the larger issue. Yeah. If you have business ethics, like, well, I'm good here, but not there. Yep. I'm not nice to my wife, but I'm nice to my secretary. You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I want us, as you listeners and us here in this room, to be thinking, always, always think broader picture. What are we really teaching? Are we teaching loopholes? Look for loopholes. Are we teaching, let's be the people we really want to become? Yeah.
0: Ultimately, I feel like it comes down to this word of integrity, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's helping our students That's think, right. how can I be civil wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, yes. whomever I'm talking to? And if we begin to help them see that that way, then there is no divide between the in-person and the digital. In fact, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I feel like the divide that often exists in our brains, especially for young people between these two worlds, is often a pretty key source of stress Mm -hmm. and fatigue for students as they're trying to figure out, okay, what's my personality on this Snapchat profile versus this Instagram um, you know, Finsta account or whatever it is? And I think those kinds of things not only teach them uh, a, a lack of civility in certain cases, yeah. it also teaches them to disintegrate their life rather yeah. than integrating it, which has a number of dangers.
1: Yeah, so that's where the word integrity comes from, integration. Yeah. We're one person, not two or three. We're not duplicitous. We don't have one Instagram account and then six Finsta accounts, fake Instagram. It's, that's, that's the very issue. Absolutely. So this court case, I think, is a vivid illustration of how we're still figuring out the role of social media yeah, in, our, in our society. our society. Uh, geographical location, I think, this is just me, is a lesser issue. And responsible decision-making is the bigger issue. Yes. And that's a, a competency of social-emotional learning. Yes. Um, so th- that's really what we're pushing here is, can we step back and do the larger issue of social-emotional learning rather than look at this court ruling and say, whatever precedent gets set here, we're going to just push for that one. Absolutely. I don't think that's, that's worth it. Yeah. And
0: I, I just as a quick aside here, I think, um, you know, we're, we put pressure our, on ourselves in a lot of these conversations of why haven't we figured this out yet? And we do need to remember in terms of, um, you know, they've, there's uh, court cases that we can look back to for precedent. But in reality, social media is so new that there actually really isn't a whole lot of precedent yeah. on this. Yeah. There's a reason we're discovering this as we go. It's because social media, especially the sort of ubiquitous version of social media that we have access to on our smartphones, is really new, right? Yeah. You can't even go back 10 years and ask how did the... That high school cheerleading coach handle girls using Snapchat back then, it wasn't around 10 years ago. So a lot of this is new, and I think that in itself presents some of the challenges. So if you're kind of in the middle of this, caught in like, how do I teach this? How do I handle this? How do I navigate this? You're along with the rest of us, we're all called the human race and we're all kind of learning this thing together. And we're in the book of Genesis, basically. Absolutely. (laughs) We're right at the beginning of figuring out out, out, a lot of this stuff. so.
1: So if we're right that this issue really is a social and emotional one then civility and self-management are as important to students as to learn as math and language. Yeah. I know that may sound like anathema to some of you math and English teachers, but we just believe it's both and. Can we teach a subject, but all along the way integrated into our conversations is civility and self-management and and just high EQ? Yeah. Um, so one of the great educa- education reformers that I really researched before writing the book, Marching Off the Map, was a guy named Horace Mann. There's a Horace Mann middle school, elementary school, high school. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere in, the, in America, in every city. Yep. So in the 1840s, he saw this issue then way before social media became a thing. And he advocated that character development was just as important as academics in American schools. Yep. That's 1840s and 1850s. So this has never been more true than it is today when we now have the opportunity to be very uncivil because we're hiding behind a screen. Uh, When all is said and done, Andrew, Brandy Levy was not suspended from school or even detention. She failed to make the varsity team as a sophomore, uh, but Michael Jordan failed to make the varsity basketball team as a sophomore. She's not the first person who failed to make it. That's right. And she got kicked off the entire cheerleading squad because of her inability to control her words and emotions. Had she been able to control it, she'd still be on the squad, may not be on the varsity squad, but she'd still be able to cheer, keep moving forward, and maybe next year make the varsity team. There's so much in this for us in terms of bigger picture and long-term thinking. Yep. So, uh, it's so
0: true because, you know, if we have the micro conversation of should or shouldn't she get in trouble for what she posted on social media without having the macro one, then yeah. think about just Brandy, what she's walking yeah. away with. She's walking away thinking, yeah. what can I get in trouble for versus not get in trouble for, rather than asking, what is appropriate conduct no yes. matter what situation I'm in? So yeah. we've got an opportunity, I think, hopefully to have the right conversation here and talk about digital citizenship.
1: Yeah. So I'd like to offer listeners, A couple of definitions. I know you may be driving or doing something else where you can't write this down, but I want you at least listen to these definitions because maybe they'll make everything we just said make sense. So um, uh, one definition of citizenship, so not digital, but just citizenship in general, it's formally defined as, and I quote, the quality of an individual's response to membership in a community. I like that. I do too. I'm going to say it again definition of citizenship is the quality of an individual's response to membership in a community. So if a student gets a citizenship award at the end of the year, it's because we're saying, you know what? You add to our community. You represent the community well, and you represent yourself to the community with a larger picture in mind. So that's just it. Now, digital citizenship goes a a step further. A digital citizen... Is a person using information technology in order to engage in society, politics, and government. Yeah. So I'm doing it in a constructive way. I'm not venting with cuss words and f bombs. Yeah. i all due respect to Brandy. Yeah. I'm 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 doing it for more than just me. Yeah. For more ju- than just venting. So, um, you and I, Andrew, have heard stories of students that get this right, yes. not just Brandy that didn't get it right. And yep. it's so, so encouraging. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you want to tell this story, but— It's from uh, your hometown.
1: It is from my hometown of Nashville. <laughs> um, six
0: amazing yeah. teenagers came together, uh, recognizing the responsibility they had as citizens of their city and of the larger community, and did something actually pretty amazing. So
1: Yeah, so here's what happened. You all probably remember the summer of 2020. We're in the midst of a pandemic, and protests broke out in many cities for racial equality. Yeah, So it was unforgettable. Uh, so in the city of Nashville, which is a great city, six teenagers, all of which did not know each other, but they all noticed something about the same time. There's no marches here in our city. Mm. Shouldn't there be some representation for this equal rights thing in our city? And now, remember, they're adolescents, so they're not adults that say, let me take a lunch break and uh, organize something. (laughs) Yeah. So they organized on social media. So the opposite of Brandy, they're engaging society now. Used for a positive purpose. Yeah. And by the way, I love the fact they're all 14 to 16 years old. So they're not even seniors in high school. Yeah. They're freshmen, sophomore. Um, They use social media. They first met online themselves, realized they all shared the same value and, and vision and then they, they organized a, a BLM march, a Black Lives Matter march, that was attended by 20,000 people. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's what they thought. They thought, oh, I thought 100 people would show up, maybe, <laughs> yeah. on a good day. Yeah. I'm 14. So, but I love one of the quotes of one of the young girls. These are all girls. Uh, one young lady said, we were born in the digital age. We can do anything. I love I that. Love that. Yeah. Now, here's the only thing I want to underscore listeners. Brandy had the same social media that these girls had, yes. but they used it for a redemptive purpose rather than just a selfish one.
0: I love yeah. that. And, it, it, you know, it, I'm going back to that definition you had of citizenship that I thought was so interesting, right? It's the quality of an individual's response to membership in a community. Yeah. And if you went back to citizenship in the 1950s or yeah, whatever, yeah. the community that that young person was responsible to was. The physical community they were surrounded by. And I think one of the beautiful parts of this generation, Generation Z, is when they get this digital citizenship right, what they realize is, I am not just a member of the school I attend or the city I'm in. I am a global citizen. And along with that definition of digital citizenship is understood, I think, a, a responsibility that these kids possess, that they have been given a gift of power and a voice that has a lot of weight to it, and they wanna use that to make a better world. I just think that's wonderful. As the girl said, we can do anything. We can do anything, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So um, we've talked about a number of reasons why this conversation is so important, but I think maybe a bigger, or perhaps a just more practical version of this conversation is, how do we start it? So if you're sitting there wondering, okay, I wanna talk to students I'm leading, or maybe you're a parent with a kid in your house, and you're thinking, I want to talk to them yeah. about digital citizenship, but how do I start that conversation? So you've got a few suggestions yep. as to how we can do this, and I actually want to throw out a few
1: activity ideas yeah. you can even do with each one of these. So do you want to start with number one? I'll be glad to. We'll do this in just a few minutes, but we just think these these handful of ideas are important. So number one, I would say start by talking to your students or your kids about the integration of their life. We just... Uh, Mentioned the the um, how prone we all are to have a disintegrated life, a life over here it's one way, over there it's another way. We're different at home, we're different on the campus, we're different on social media. So um, the opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. Mm. So we don't want to. None of us want to be hypocrites. So I think it'd be great to illustrate how problematic it is for students to be one way in one group and another way in a a second one. So that that Finsta account we talked about. So Andrew, give us an activity that might be helpful in this state. So this one might strike you as a
0: little bit morbid, so hang with me for a second. But what I love about this activity is it really gets to the bottom of this integration problem or perhaps a lack of integration okay so what you want to do is challenge the students or uh, maybe it's one of your ch- your own children challenge them to open one of their social media profiles okay and look at the last several posts that they have put up and then look at those posts as if they're an outsider who's never met this person okay and challenge them to write out a eulogy for this person. you That's guys know the what, morbid part. Yeah, that's yeah, the morbid yeah. <laughs> part. So pretend this person has passed away, you're yeah, writing yeah. about their life, summarizing their life, but all you know is what's on their profile, yeah. okay? So give them some questions like, who is this person? What did they care about? How did they spend their time? And then after they've written out this eulogy, debrief it with them. Are you happy with the person you've presented online? Mm -hmm. Uh, How could you better connect what you're actually doing in life with the sort of digital persona? And it's really going to challenge them to think about, you know, am I representing my whole self or am I sort of manufacturing a picture that I think other people will, will like? And it's a really good activity to get at that.
1: Love it. Number two. The second idea is encourage the development of values-based living, values-based living. So, um, Andrew, we've talked about this before, but our life is a little bit like a plastic bag. Yes. Um, if we're empty on the inside, even the smallest wind, when you set that bag on a table, it just blows it over. Yep. It's, it's empty. It, it just goes down pretty easily. Um, Are we filling ourselves with strong values that will help us withstand those winds that come along, those hard times? And I just believe values are the things that keep us standing up so when the winds of adversity blow and the winds of culture blow, we can still stay standing. Um, One thing I remember John Maxwell mentioning to me in a conversation was if we don't have those values then we need the validation on social media of so many, oh, I like you, I like you, I like you. Just like that plastic bag analogy. That's right. (laughs) You filled me with something here. So talk about an activity for this one, Andrew.
0: Yeah, so this one's a a little bit more simple, but I think it comes down to the importance of values. And really what you want to do is first challenge your student or your child to actually write out their values. If they're having trouble imagining what those are, I always think of them as uh, if you had a friend who was describing you, what are the words you would want them to use to describe you, right? That'll help get the conversation started at least. So maybe it's kind, maybe it's integrity, maybe it's honesty, maybe it's hardworking, whatever those words are. Uh, After you write out those words, then with... Challenge them to open that social media page again and ask, do you feel like those words are represented in the posts that you've put online? Yeah. Uh, Because we all know our values are only as good as the actions we do every single day to either encourage those values or sort of suppress those values. And so the question is, are you actually that person or do you act a totally different way
1: online? And that'll be a great challenge for them. Yeah, good. All right. So the last idea, the third one, model for those students, other-mindedness. Let me say it again. Model other-mindedness. Are we aware of the rest of the world and our place in it? The more absorbed we are in our own world, the easier it would be to ignore our role as a citizenship of the digital world. Mm. So this is something that I just think we never outgrow the need to remind ourselves of. Even adults, we get selfish, we get self-centered, we're just we want to get done with this line at the grocery store and get home and get out of that guy in traffic and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, I think we got to model it if we're going to um, ever teach it to our kids. Model other-mindedness. Absolutely. So Andrew, talk about an activity. For
0: yeah, you so a little bit more of a uh, of a challenge but i think it's really healthy for um, students what we really want to get them to do is to begin thinking about how they influence or how their ideas could influence the world outside of them so what i would do is challenge your student to look at their last few posts on social media and especially select one or two of them where they shared an opinion often Uh, teenagers share opinions (laughs) before those opinions are fully developed. Yes, (laughs) that happens from time to time. But challenge them, okay, uh, to begin asking, if what you posted, your opinion, became an official policy that was accepted Mm -hmm. all over the world, do you think that would make the world a better place? Now, their answer might be yes, but it's challenging them to ask a question about the way they share their opinion uh, in a way maybe they've never thought about it before, right? Mm -hmm. I now understand I have influence, I have agency, I can make it shifts and changes in the world. And I need to acknowledge my influence and take responsibility for the influence I have. So that can make it a really good activity. I
1: love it. Those are very practical. Thank you for sharing those. So... Uh, just in closing, um, Andrew, you and I were talking about a story that happened some years ago that had nothing at least at first to do with digital, the digital world. yeah, everything to do with the real world. Yeah, And it was about students, yep. but it put them on the digital platform of yes. a major broadcast. So, so a few years ago, Western Oregon outfielder softball player Sarah Tykolski hit her first home run ever in, D, in her uh, Division one exciting times. Experience. yeah, very exciting. But in her excitement, she forgot to tag first base. So she rounds first base. Her teammates start yelling at her from the dugout: "Go back and touch first base. Go back. It, it, It won't count if you do. If you don't." So she twists and turns to come back, and in her twisting and turning, she falls to the ground, and she has she's sprained her ankle. Oh no! So she's injured and lying on the ground. Well, many may not know, but there's an NCAA rule that says if you don't tag all the bases, your run does not count. So even though she hit the ball over the fence, she doesn't get the homer. There's another rule, however, that the team was aware of that none of her teammates could go out onto the field and help her around those bases. So Sarah was going to lose her chance yep. to score that home run. First home run she'd ever hit in uh, college. Yeah. The problem was resolved, however, by the opponent. Yeah. Yes, I said the opponent. So, And this is where the story gets so, so, so cool. So... Um, Central Washington University softball players Liz Wallace and Mallory Holtman, remember, they're the opposite team, were sure that there was no rule against an opponent helping a player around. So they approached the dugout and asked the head coach of the other team, would you mind if we help her? Now, I'm only guessing, but I'm thinking the opposing coach might have said, beg your pardon? Yeah. You know, what? What? You want to help her? Yeah. And so, of course, that was fine with her. So they go out, and this is on billboards across the country now, pictures of this. These two young ladies pick up their opponent. And they hoist her up, and they set her down on first base, second base, third base, and home so she can score a run. Mm. Now, that is citizenship. Absolutely. It became digital because the next day on national news, these two young ladies get interviewed by national media, and they are heroes. Oh, my goodness. But when they were asked the question, why did you do it? Yeah. First of all, I think that tells us something. We're asking, why were you a good citizen? Yeah. Why why were you nice? Why (laughs) were you kind? Yep. I love their response. They simply said together, after looking at each other, because it was right. Mm. And that is where they got to broadcast on the media, this is what citizen looks like. They're not yeah. trying to brag. They don't think they deserved a trophy for it. They're just saying, this is what we ought to be acting like. Yeah. And that's, we just say, may their tribe increase, may Absolutely. this be the kind of student we develop in our classrooms and fields.
0: Absolutely. If that's not integrity, if that's not yeah. digital citizenship, I don't know what is. Well. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for leading us in this conversation and giving us really practical ideas of how to sort of begin this. Uh, this is, a, a, as I said, a new subject for so many of us. So let's all work together to build students uh, who have a mindset towards their responsibility as a citizen of the global world, right? This worldwide thing that we're doing, uh, and I believe they can really do it. Well, we mentioned responsible decision making uh, is a key aspect of digital citizenship. How do we react, and how are we proactive towards others? Uh, it's a it's actually a core competency of social and emotional learning. And so, if you're looking for a more practical, process-oriented way of uh, talking about some of these subjects, I would really just sort of humbly suggest to you our our program for this. Uh, Habitudes are simply images that form leadership habits and attitudes, and we use pictures, metaphors, and stories to teach these competencies to students. And so if you're interested, whether you've got middle school or high school students, we have an SEL program for you. Habitudes for Social Emotional Learning, Middle School Edition and High School Edition. If you want to find out more about Habitudes for Social Emotional Learning in either place, go on over to growingleaders.com slash SEL and you can find out all about it. Even try it for free. We'd love for you to check that out. As always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars wherever you are. That gets the word out about what we're doing here. If you found this helpful today. If you feel like somebody would benefit from hearing some of the things we talked about, pass this to a friend, somebody who you think would find it valuable. If you want to connect with us online, we'd love to connect with you in those social media spaces. We are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, people you want us to interview, uh, subjects you want us to cover, shoot us an email. It's simply podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thanks again for leading us today. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.